1: Ross Tucker, Odyssey NFL Insider, host of the Ross
2: Tucker Podcast. Speaks to Eberflus. fair to say you guys really like him and, and think he's a good coach and would, would be happy to have him back?
3: Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I think he's aggressive as hell,
0: man, and I love that. You know, I love his, his energy, his passion. Analyst for Westwood One.
2: Bully ball up front. It's just inside zone to the left. That's as physical of a play as you get.
1: Ross Tucker with Mully and Ha on 670 The Score.
2: If Wildest Dreams by Taylor Swift came on, I would rock out because that song's awesome. <laughs>
1: Mullion Hall, Chicago Sports Radio, 6-7 to the score. On the line is Odyssey NFL Insider, Ross Tucker. Insider calls are brought to you by Old Spice. Men have skin, too. In case that's ever been in question. And we're delighted to welcome Ross to the score hotline, which is powered by IBEW Local 9, Chicago's original powerhouse since 1892, Ross, good morning. How are you, buddy?
2: I'm fantastic. I feel like I, I mean, this is the only show I come on where all I did was hear the open. I have like five things to say already. (laughs) First of all, I I don't even know where the Taylor Swift wildest dreams came from, but that is like one of my favorite songs ever. Um, And yes, men do have skin too. And when it's this cold out, like my hands start to crack and stuff. I don't even know what that, like, the weird skin I get on the bottom of my feet. So, yes. and They don't even make me say anything about Old Spice, but I need that stuff because I need it on my skin. And then I love, I don't know who puts together those. I don't know if that's Dustin or whoever that puts together the over, but you guys even pulled the audio of T.J. Edwards coming on the Ross Tucker football podcast talking about Eberflus. Like, you guys have the best open uh, audio montages for when I come up, do you do that for every guest? Or is that just for oh, me? Absolutely. No.
1: Well, you're up, special though. Brandon Fryer is the guy yep. putting those together and he's a huge fan of yours. It's creepy. frankly. He's got a photo <laughs> well, up Brandon's in there. Brandon's like
2: a ninja. I'm a huge fan of
3: his now. <laughs> and the TJ Edwards interview was very good, Ross, because he is a guy had a very good season and his support for Matt Eberflus is, uh, was interesting when you interviewed him because that was in question. And the the uh the Eagles fell apart
1: when he left, right? That what
3: happened? <laughs> did, yeah. No, you know what? Um
2: that's one where if they could have it back, I think they would have kept him. Mm. Uh, you know, especially when you consider like he's making like six million a year. I don't know off the top of my head how much Edmonds is making. Um and I know Edmonds is like a total freak show. I mean, I remember when he was coming out in the draft, he was like 20 years old. He was 6'5", 255. I was like, oh my gosh, this guy plays linebacker and it can run and is fast like that. But Edwards is such a good player and the Eagles struggled mightily at linebacker. And I think if you if you ask them now, they would rather have paid T.J. Edwards the $6 million to stay there and solidify at least one of those two spots for them.
1: And and it's interesting because we've been talking about a little bit, you know, Mike McCarthy looks like he's in serious trouble. They needed to win that game. It's hard to believe they got beaten and humiliated in the way that they did. Nick Sirianni kind of needed to win that game. That team fell apart and I don't think they're going to fire him. It's happened before though, where a guy, I believe John Fox was here after it happened to him, where you go to the Super Bowl and things go wrong and you're gone. Um, I, I I worry about different guys that there's still guys out there. You know, we were told that Andy Reid may decide to step down. Um, I I don't know what's happened with the league this year, but Mike Tomlin has announced he's coming back, and he's the guy that is the longest-serving coach in the same place now that uh, we've seen you know, Pete Carroll go, we've seen Belichick go. It's been a weird year for coaching moves.
2: Well, yeah, so first of all, the Andy Reid stepping down thing would really surprise me because he's got Mahomes. Like, he has a chance. I mean, he's already going to be a Hall of Fame coach, but he has a chance to be considered, like, the all-time great. I, I, I would think that Andy would stay for a decent amount longer. He loves it. I don't know what else he would do. And I think as long as he's got Mahomes and has these chances to go to playoff games and win them, that would surprise me. The Tomlin thing is interesting because he might be the the rare coach that wants to go into the last year of his contract. Yeah. Coaches never want to do that. They don't want to be a lame duck coach. They don't want, oh, that that's terrible. And they want the, the security and the financial security. I think Tomlin's kind of like, no, let's play it out. And then I'm a free agent. And then he has his pick of some teams, or he can go to the media or something if you want. I think Tomlin, that's my guess, is he's intrigued by that. McCarthy and Sirianni, I like the fact that neither organization has made like a knee-jerk reaction. I mean, McCarthy's won 12 games, three straight years. Sirianni, you already referenced what he's accomplished, three straight playoffs, Super Bowl last year. So it makes sense. I think... um, I think those organizations need to do an autopsy first before they decide what to do with the dead bot. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does make
3: sense, but you also got to factor in, Ross, don't you? They're impatient organizations. You've got Jim Harbaugh and Bill Belichick and Pete Carroll, frankly, out there too, which may accelerate your timeline quicker than you would want it to.
2: Yeah, but nobody's been – agreed. but nobody's been hired yet. It doesn't sound like anyone, it, that it's imminent. It seemed like last year was the first year that the process started to slow down for whatever reason. Part of it is because you want to interview guys in the playoffs. Part of it's the Rooney rule. So I'm not saying it's a week, David. I'm just saying, you know, I think they'll they'll all make decisions by the end of this week, Thursday or Friday. Maybe mm-hmm. they do Friday news dump or whatever. But what I'm saying is Jerry Jones, and Sirian, they weren't fired, you know, on the when when the plane landed, you know, or when the game right. ended. They at least Sirianni is going to meet with ownership in in Philadelphia today, and he's going to have to have some good answers for what happened because it's an epic collapse I've never seen before, as well as how he would fix it. Which the how he fixed it one is like interesting because if he knew how to fix it, wouldn't he have already fi- like fixed it a month ago when they were. 10-1 and one and had by far the best record in the league. So I'm, I'm as curious as anyone to see how it unfolds. And I do think the presence of Harbaugh, Belichick, Carroll, and I'll add Mike Vrabel, who a lot of people think is an unbelievable coach, all four of those guys being available, sort of, I don't know if that complicates things or clarifies things for the ownership in Dallas and Philadelphia.
1: Hmm. Um, you know, we saw... Obviously, some good games this week, and one competitive game you covered that one. I was very surprised that the uh, the way that broke down. I'm curious when you look at this week, do you see significantly better games happening? The divisional rounds are usually the best round of the playoffs.
2: I, I don't know that I do, hmm. Molly. I, I hope I hope we do, but man, Houston. Love C.J. Stroud, love the story. That's going to be tough. It's gonna, I'm calling that game for Western 1 Saturday. It's going to be freezing in Baltimore, and that will certainly be a step up in class. The Ravens, I mean, how many times do you have the number one defense and the MVP? They they have the MVP of the league and the number one defense. Like, that's very, very impressive. Saturday night, I think I have some hope for Jordan Love and the Packers. Um by the way, how about the fact that the Packers and the Lions are both in the divisional round? Just nuts. Yeah. But I do have some hope for the Packers, with Jordan Love, to be able to keep that thing close. But I think – now, listen, I thought their defense would get torched last week by the Cowboys. It didn't happen. I think it will this week. We'll see. And then Sunday, I don't know, man. The Bucks. I just don't think the Bucks are that good. I mean, I, I don't think the Bucks are better than the Rams. I think the Rams are a better football team than the Tampa Bay Bucks. Mm. The Lions were able to get that done when they had all kinds of pressure on them, I think that the lions will get it done again. I think that the one really good game we're looking at, and and I'm hopeful one of the other three can be competitive and surprise me, but I, I think Bill's chiefs are going to be epic, just absolutely epic. You know, Mahomes first road play, his 16th playoff game is his first road playoff game. That's Incredible. insane. And for the bills, they can't lose to the chiefs again. They can't lose at home in the divisional round like they did last year. Again, a lot of pressure I feel like on the Bills in that game.
3: Insider calls with Ross Tucker are brought to you by Old Spice Gentlemen's Blend Body Wash, providing exfoliation plus twenty four seven moisturization because men have skin too. All right, Ross, what was your level of surprise that the Bears are holding on to Matt Eberflus? Uh, they fired Luke Getze. They're going to change offensive coordinators. But they're bringing back the head coach after going ten and twenty four in two seasons.
2: Was not that surprised because of just being around them that that week. I did the Falcons game, uh, Falcons Bears on CBS. Which, by the way, can I just say? And I'm sure everybody listening can appreciate this. That was so cool, right? It's my first year doing some NFL games on CBS. I'm doing a Bears game at Soldier Field in the snow. <laughs> I mean, that's like a bucket list game. And when I talked to T.J. Edwards the next week, he was like, because he's from there, as you guys know, he's like, man, I felt like every game I watched growing up. <laughs> he, uh, he loved it. So that was very, very cool uh, for me. And obviously, Fields was outrageous in that game. But I thought, I, 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 surpri- I would have been surprised if they let go of Eberflues after that game. Because after that game, here they are 5-2, and two in that seven-game stretch, and the only two losses, they had double-digit leads at Detroit and at Cleveland, two teams that had already clinched playoff first. So this, the second half of the season, the Bears played playoff-caliber football, and I just didn't think after a really bad year and a half that you fire a guy when it looks like he's broken through the other side. Now, obviously, the Packers game was disappointing, but – See what the Packers did to the Cowboys on Sunday? I mean, right. the Packers might be pretty darn good, which I know is not what you guys want to hear there. But the Packers' performance against the Cowboys, I think, only reinforces the Bears keeping Iberflus and Iberflus having a really good second half of the year over those last eight games. I mean, the only three losses were the two teams that are in the divisional round and, and uh, another playoff team.
1: What about Fields now that they have the number one overall pick? Now that you're hearing people speak a little differently about Caleb Williams since he said he's coming out, and are the Bear they're looking for offensive coordinators? They got a list of five guys right now. They'll need more. Where are you at with Justin Fields sticking around here? It seems like a long shot.
2: That's interesting that you say it seems like a long shot because after the Falcons game, I mean, they were chanting his name. Oh, the yeah. fans were chanting his name during the game, and then after the game, it seemed like everybody, everywhere you looked was saying, Fields is the guy, trade the number one pick for a bounty of picks or whatever. And then obviously, he did not do as well against Green Bay, and it feels like maybe the the tide has turned a little bit. Um, you know, earlier, I thought it was, complicated because it's like, well, how much can you trade Justin Fields for and and get? And how much can you trade the number one pick in return and get? Fields, the contract, I mean, and you can really go multi-layered like that. I really don't think it's that. I, I really think it's actually a very simple question. Do the Bears think that Justin Fields is the guy to have sustained success over the next decade or not? I think it's that simple. I can't answer that question other than I guess I kind of feel like if you're still asking that question over three years, maybe you already know the answer in your mind. The fact that they brought in Greg Roman for an interview is really interesting to me because Roman did wonders early in the career for Lamar Jackson, and them bringing in Greg Roman as the O.C., would make would, would I would lean towards it. like if they hired Greg Roman I would think it would be Fields coming back, but depending on who they hire that might give us an idea. I don't know though. I feel like if they thought Fields was the guy, that polls would have said that. Uh, maybe not. Maybe he wants to keep his options open. I don't know. But I know what what if if you if if you had a hundred people calling I'm sure you guys do polls on. Oh. 60 million score on 50, social 50. media. Yeah,
3: it's right 50, down the 50. middle. 50-50. is right down yeah. the middle, Ross. But, but I, I mean, the idea of resetting your clock, I mean, I just think that – Well, we the, can make the argument that it makes sense to go for Caleb Williams. We both kind of believe that is the way you have to go. I, but I wonder, when you look at the success of C.J. Stroud, for example, first-year starter Jordan Love, for another example, does that factor into a front office's thinking – Is that recency bias, or or how do you weigh all of those factors when you're trying to come to a conclusion?
2: So funny that you said that, David. I'm halfway through my column this week for the 33rd team talking about how D'Amico Ryan and C.J. Stroud are ruining everything for other teams around the NFL (laughs) (laughs) because first-year head coach, rookie quarterback, they, they won 11 games total the last three years they've won 11 games this year and so owners and fans and media will say listen that's all you need to do all you need to do is get the the right coach the right quarterback and you're good well the fact is the right coach is probably 50 50 at best the right quarterback is 50 50 at best and now you're talking about at best you have a 25 percent chance to hit on both those guys and have the success that texans are having but it does factor in it does because people are seeing that after, you know, three years, Fields isn't better than the guy that went that came out of the same college system. You know? Now, how much of that is because he's got Bobby Sloick in Houston and, and that offense, you know, you don't know. But Getzey kind of came from that same tree with LaFleur, so you can't put it all on that part of it. I do think it has an impact. And I do think people should start to talk about Drake May a little bit more because I know people that love Drake may and what I don't think people realize is he's, he's actually pretty fast. Like he's a really good scrambler. They have some advanced statistics about how often when he runs, he gets first downs. Caleb Williams won the Heisman. Caleb Williams, you know, played in more marquee games and people know him more, but there are definitely NFL teams that like Drake may, more than they like Caleb Williams. And who knows? Maybe the Bears are one of them.
1: Hmm. Wow. That would be something. I mean, there's a lot of work to be done, and uh, and we'll we'll see. But, man, we're getting, like, draft stuff on a daily basis already. This is going to be a long time of fun with the draft here in Chicago. And, you know, they got the number nine pick, too. Mel Kuyper came out and said Fields would, would bring them the eighth pick if they traded them to Atlanta. Oh, boy. I mean, come on now. That might be a little over the top. Aethel's that would picked? surprise me. Yeah. yeah.
2: That would surprise me. I, I don't know that someone's trading the eighth pick in the draft for Justin Fields, especially when, you know, there will be veteran guys out there. I think it depends on who the head coach is there yes. in Atlanta. I got, like, let me just say this right now. Bill Belichick is not – Trading the eighth overall pick for Justin Fields? No, that's not <laughs> happening.
3: And, and neither is Jim Harbaugh. You could pick a quarterback in this draft at eight that would give you a higher ceiling potentially than Justin Fields. I think that's a, that's going to be everybody can may have their own opinion about that, but it would seem implausible. I will say
2: this though: I I tried to, and I said this during the the Bears Falcons game. I could put myself in the shoes of a Bears fan. And, like, that game, the throw he made to D.J. Moore in the end zone. I mean, the the other one to uh, Tyler Scott that Tyler Scott wasn't able to hold on to, his ability to break tackles and then run, he has, like, he is just fascinating because his upside, like, his best plays are, like, better than – they're like Josh Allen. I mean, his his best (laughs) plays are as good as anybody's best plays. But the thing is, is like, that's not really what pro football is about for any position. Pro football is about consistency, right? Like, pro football is about not having the bad plays and doing the consistently good plays over and over and over again. And that's the question. That's the question is, can they get fields to do that and then still get some of those fantastic intoxicating plays?
1: Right. Right. That's, that is the question. Ross, you're the best, buddy. Great catching up. Appreciate the insights. Thanks, Ross. Of course. Love talking with you guys. Always. See ya. That is uh, NF- Odyssey NFL Insider Ross Tucker Insider Calls, brought to you by Old Spice.
3: Men have skin, too. He did do Justin Fields' best game as a bear. Yes. That Falcons game was as good as he's ever been. Yeah, if he makes those throws on a weekly yeah, basis, then we wouldn't be having this conversation. This would be a moot discussion. He,
1: and he, he's so right. The explosive plays from Justin Fields are—they stop you. They—they they are just extraordinary. The fact that he can do those things, they, they, there's no way to not be overwhelmed by that. The problem is. Exactly what he said.
3: Consistency, because those plays stop you. Those memories stay with you. And
1: if you're breaking down tape, and you're looking, why don't you throw the ball? You can't grade the flashes. Why don't
3: you? You you can't grade the flashes because if you are over, if you weigh the grades, it's like, oh gosh, those are great plays, but then you forget that maybe he missed a guy and left some yards on the field. All right, we got some people on hold. Three one two
1: six forty four sixty seven sixty seven, and we got a lot
0: Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.
1: Mully and Haw Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score that is that's the machine itself, and it's playing
3: this song as it travels through the Chicago sky. That's a helicopter. Yes, it is whirring through the Chicago skyline. Yes, yesterday playing this out the window, rocking Fenwick like a hurricane. Hurricane Miami Hurricane head coach Mario Cristobal. Yep. How about this? This is what college football has become, Molly. Yeah. College football recruiting is such now that Uh Mario Cristobal flies in, Uh, gets a helicopter in Chicago, beats the traffic, lands the helicopter. On Fenwick's Mm -hmm. soccer field in River Forest, the story can be found in the Sun Times. uh, On Michael O'Brien's X feed as well, with video of the occasion. All of this to impress six foot four, two hundred and sixty-five pound lineman Nate Marshall, a Fenwick junior who's got twenty-two scholarship offers—junior, Alabama, Auburn, Michigan, Ohio State, Notre Dame, among them—but none of them to our knowledge, has flown in on a helicopter, which got the young man's attention. Quote, it shows how much of a priority I am for them and their program. <laughs> well,
1: that, I got to tell you, that's a good thing to say as opposed to I can't help but wonder what this coach's uh, carbon footprint is. <laughs> See? They, uh, they better hope. That he doesn't care about the planet. That's
3: the other side of the equation. So you flew
1: into Chicago and helicopter to the high school. Apparently so. Because what You're, traffic? Maybe your
3: Uber didn't start at O'Hare. Maybe mm. your your town car didn't start. I don't know. But whatever the case is, I mean, Oak, landed it on the soccer field. Oak
1: Park's not next to the airport. But no, it's not, it's not that far away. It's not you need
3: far. a helicopter. It, it's all for show. It's all for show. Mm. Miami's done quite well in this area. Uh, Jarrett Payton, obviously, out there nodding his head in an agreement. Yeah, Canes. So they've got, say, an Ignatius Lyman, Justin Scott, Kenwood defensive end, Marquise Lightfoot uh, from the class of 2024. And now they have their sights set on Nate Marshall. And this is the way they're going to go about getting his attention and impressing his family. How about that? Okay. <laughs>
1: I think it's uh, it's very interesting. The kid must be a great player. Again, I think we ought to a little excessive, little excessive, yeah. Little, I mean, you've got to erase that carbon footprint,
3: don't (laughs) you? I don't think that Mario Cristobal is worried about the carbon footprint as much as he is in making an impression on the college football playoff next year.
1: What's your one thing (laughs) that you do for the planet?
3: Okay, another thing about the planet. Local local story. Did you see this? An Indiana lawmaker. Yeah, I did see this. House Bill 1174, state rep Earl Harris Jr. from East Chicago, Mm -hmm. wants to, this is downstate Indianapolis on Mm -hmm. Tuesday, wants to form a committee to bring and attract pro sports teams to Northwest Indiana, the region, starting with the Chicago Bears. Yeah, Bears available.
1: They really want to be the picturesque lakefront, and they'll take, you know, the one by the dump in Hammond, if they have to, is that what is that what the answer is from the the uh, team president? I don't know. What is he worried about the carbon footprint? We we love the beautiful view, but if you give us a tax break, we'll move to Indiana. He did. Now this is someone trying to do it for him. Yeah. And the Bears are hunting for a site because the one in Arlington Heights. It doesn't come They're with hunting the for leverage and this yeah, may you, provide another
3: piece perhaps. I, d- I doubt it, but it is ambitious on behalf of the uh, state representative from East Chicago. Not likely or realistic, but it is out there among the various options, Waukegan, Naperville, Rockford, where else? What, what, what am I forgetting I, here? Listen,
1: the the Dustin's one in the middle of the lake. Oh yeah, the, the floating the imaginary the floating, floating stadium. stadium. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I forgot about um, that one. Okay, so yesterday we had some breaking news about the uh, the the Philadelphia Eagles Center and uh, Jason, Kelsey. Jason Kelsey. Jason mm-hmm. Kelsey, he retired after the game. He announced his plans. This is a first team All Pro. He is Taylor Swift's boyfriend's brother. Yes, he's connected to Taylor. So, of course, people were sending him, you know, um, congratulations, or people saw him cry, and they sent nice things to him. He cried after the game. Well, he talked about it on his podcast with his brother. Um, The news of his demise apparently exaggerated Mark Twain, and, uh, and he got emotional again. Let's listen. Oh, boy.
4: You know, Nick kind of gave me an opportunity to talk. I didn't announce what I was doing on purpose, despite, I guess, what's been leaked to the media. I just don't think you're in a position after a game like that to really make that decision. I just don't. There's too much emotion in the moment to really fully grasp that decision. I'm not trying to be dramatic and continue to draw this thing out. I'm really not. It's just something that I think, uh, you know, when it's time to officially announce you know, what's happening in the future, it'll be done in a, in in a way that's, you know, definitive and pays respect to a lot of people and uh, individuals that have meant a lot to me and has led to the career I've had. You know, I don't think that it would be, uh, Uh respectful or even accurate, uh, to be able to do that right after a game like that. Yeah. But I did address the team and pretty much said the same thing that I just said to you, which is, you know, I got belief in every single one of you guys. You know, cherish the moment you have in this league. A lot of guys, like, you know, if that is your last game, I feel sorry for you. And I'm like, Yo, Don't feel sorry for me, mother <laughs> <laughs> <Whoa, whoa, laughs> Oh, yeah, brother.
1: Okay. Hell yeah, man. Wow. Wow. Going that's, blue at the that's end. Uncle Trevy there. <laughs> is that for ratings? Um, no. So, um now I believe, if I'm not mistaken, mm-hmm. that that. Jason Kelsey was among the sexiest men in America okay. when they were talking about that this year. That's, great. that's the the older brother, the center among the sexiest men yeah. in America. I, Let I, me tell you, you know what's sexy? What? Tears.
3: Tears are sexy? They're, that's Dustin's thing. Tears are sexy. Well, they're yeah. vulnerable. It's sexy it's, to be vulnerable, right? There you go. Yeah, your strength there's strength and vulnerability. There is strength in I, tears. I'm gonna uh, confess here or uh, I uh, don't confess. I have a lot of Kelsey fatigue. Okay, I am really suffering.
1: Say, say four Hail Marys from Kel- Kelsey
3: five. fatigue. There's so much Kelsey news overload. I don't need to know what Travis is wearing to the games. I don't need to know every thought that crosses Jason's brain. I don't know if he is a revolutionary center or just a very good blocker. Did he change the game? Did he? I heard him referred to as a guy that revolutionized the position this year. Recently. Really? Did he? Uh, I, 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 uh, this is just a reaction to I think him milking I, this retirement another day to listen to his podcast. A lot of Kelsey fatigue going on right now. Well, I think
1: what's really interesting about your Kelsey fatigue is I believe that he's suffering – from a certain amount of mental fatigue, which is why he probably, when asked about retirement, was brought to tears and and tried to, tried to tell his teammates the truth so while don't not say anything. He, you know, he's mentally fatigued. Of course, after the is. end of the season, I can respect that. So he, he's you, you lost thirty-six years games. old, and the idea of trying to climb the mountain again probably has brought him to a certain vulnerability. Okay. Your mental fatigue with him yeah. and his brother and and therefore, you know, Taylor Swift, let's be honest. That's what you're talking That's about. That's
3: the only reason why you are trying to offer a quasi-apology on behalf of the Kelsey's because you are now a Swifty after watching the Air's Tour movie yes. all weekend long. All weekend. And saw it so about four times. Don't make the connection. You can be a Swifty and a Taylor Swift fan without having to buy into all of this Kelsey. Over coverage. I don't know if he's good enough for her. <laughs> I, I don't either.
1: I'm with his, you there. His limited skills <laughs> compared to her extraordinary career. Yeah, that's there's a, nothing worth comparing yeah,
3: here. Kelsey fatigue setting in. I think. Um, a,
1: a did you hear Boomer earlier uh, in his moments? I say, did hear the moment Say that they will be to seeing you in five years, yeah. buddy.
3: First ballot Hall of Famer? Apparently. As a center?
1: He's behind Olin in my heart. <laughs> I,
3: don't, I don't know how many. There's some research. There's a research project for the day, later today. How many first ballot Hall of Famers were centers? Are there uh, any centers who went in on the first ballot?
1: How many are there? I don't know. Oh. I'm, I'm asking you. Look it up. I Mike uh, Webster? I will get on that. Dwight or, Stevenson? Or Mike Webster. Oh, <laughs> my God. I told you my Mike Webster yeah, story. He got into the Hall of Fame, and I was doing a—I was going to the Hall of Fame, so I was doing a background yeah. of people, and I called the Hall of Fame, and they not give good. me a number for the bar where he swept up and had his car out back. Yeah, it's where a sad Where he story. slept in the—I con- mm-hmm. I mean, it's a—it's not a sad story. That was like a horror story. I—I I don't know what that means. Dustin wants to talk. Is that what it is?
3: Nine, nine. <laughs> that. that, that. There are I, nine I don't know. centers? I f- five fingers and four fingers. There are nine centers that went in on the first ballot? Oh, first ballot. There are nine in, in oh, period. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. Nine, yeah. period. No, Boomer wanted- said five years, and Jason he Kelsey said is going in. said in, in five years. Because he invented the tush push. Yeah. Because yeah. he was lower than the lowest. Okay, great. He still I, – I, mean, I mean, you've got a lot of Kelsey
1: fatigue. <laughs> I do. If you don't like the tush Am push. I alone here? Yes. You really stand alone. That is one Fine. sexy, That's emotional not an man, island
3: that I am. Sir. I'll stand on proudly. I'm tired of the Kelsey brothers. Psst, Kelsey I hope to God the Chiefs don't get to the Super Bowl. Wow, but I hope the Bills win this weekend. Go Buffalo. Go wow. Josh Allen. Man,
1: this is this hurts
3: me. It does, are you you're, wounded? You're bullying is what you're I'm doing. I'm not bullying now. anything. Let you're me, let
1: bullying me. Taylor Swift <laughs> of her boys. Oh, I lo-
3: you know I'm a Swifty. I'm just not a big yeah. Kelsey guy right now. Overcovered. I want to include a little White Sox note for you. Oh no! Did you see this? No. Kendall Graveman. Oh yeah, he's hurt for the season. Yeah, he's done. Now they traded him to the Astros. They got a catcher in return, right? Yes, he a young he, catcher. Is it um, Corey? Corey Lee. Lee? Corey yeah. Lee was the guy who that came in that deal.
1: And he's not going to be on the team this year, right? He he's might gonna be. be in the minors. He's no, gonna, they got they got
3: the. Uh, <laughs> They got the machete. Is it, okay. They got the machete, but is Corey Lee going to be active somewhere this year? I don't mean. And they got the better end of that trade. Maybe in, uh, in Carolina. Kendall Graveman out for the season. You right. feel bad for him. Great guy to deal with. Tough break for him. Astros uh, relief pitcher. Going to miss the season. Shoulder surgery. That's going to hurt. Yeah. That's bad stuff. I right, just wanted to get that in there. Uh,
1: let's try Doug. He's waited patiently on the Odyssey app. Hey, Doug.
2: Hey, guys. Good morning. How's it going?
1: Good. We live the dream, buddy.
2: <laughs> I had a, just a, a comment about Justin Fields. Um, kind of, you know, as usual, we're all hoping that he worked out, and it's kind of stinks. We don't understand what's going to happen. But going back to the Detroit game, the last game, you know, that defense played great, and his starting field position I thought was, you know, at the 20 and the 30 of Detroit a couple times, and then their side of the field three or four times. So we never really saw these great 75, 80-yard – um you know, runs down the field with him leading the team to touchdowns and really haven't seen a lot of that this year. So I guess this last seven games, how much is Fields, you know, improvement really kind of maybe inflated by how great the the defense has been playing? You know, I really wanted to work out but, you know, just wondering, you know, how much that
4: comes into play with with uh, you know, judging him for the future.
3: Fair question. I'll Doug. hang
4: up and listen. Yeah, yeah I thanks, think buddy.
3: we also have to consider maybe the quality of the defenses that they it was against you don't want to take anything away from the progress he made. And you can see it on tape that there were signs of him getting it and getting rid of the ball a little bit quicker and maybe mm-hmm. anticipating throws a little bit more. Overall, I don't know how those seven games, though, measure or weigh against the 34-game or 38-game body of work as an NFL starter. Right. I think over the wait of three years, that, that's going over the course of three years. You pretty much kind of know where you are, what you have and what you don't have with Justin Fields. All
1: right, we've got Dan and Layla joining us next. Excuse me, Dan and Layla and Lawrence joining us next. It is a Layla Wednesday here on The Score. It's Mully and Haunch, Chicago Sports Radio, 670, The
0: Score. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day.